Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning into the show. I want to talk about uh, something that's been under the radar. We'll get to all the, the headline stuff and the stuff in the news, but I want to talk about these, these subtle changes. And when you look at the, um, the absolute hatred that the left has for Donald Trump, and look, a lot of that I think the president, uh, you know, welcomes. And I, I think he gets uh, uh, a kick out of triggering people and having people react to uh, his antics online. But a lot of it is truly, you know, you can diagnose it as Trump derangement syndrome. There are a lot of people who just hate that man. But Donald Trump, you know, you don't survive in New York politics and you don't survive in the New York real estate market by being a chump. It just doesn't happen. And a lot of the hatred that's aimed at Donald Trump is a direct result of the success that he has been having in the political sphere. And let me let me share this with you, because the press won't talk about this. You know, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and if you follow politics at all, you understand that it's referred to by lawyers and probably even some judges as the Ninth Circus. Right, not the circuit, but the Ninth Circus, because it's the most overturned appellate court in the country. And part of that is because it's very liberal, it's very progressive. And the judges that have sat on that court, you know, they, uh, before you needed a blue slip, you needed permission to sit on that court from two Democrat senators. And if you were, uh, forget if you're a centrist, if you're, if you're a, a conservative, you're not getting on the court. And if you were a centrist, you better be leaning towards the liberal side. Otherwise, you weren't going to get appointed. You wouldn't get past the the guard dogs. Well, since Donald Trump has been president, listen to this. There are now 16 Democrat appointees to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Republicans have appointed 12, and there's one vacancy. So that'll soon be 13 Republicans to 16 Democrats. It's not only the number of Republicans that are getting appointed, but it's the quality and the caliber. So they're not just GOP in name. They're conservative. They're Federalist Society members. They're individuals who believe in original intent that the Constitution limits the power of federal government. There was a recent decision that came out. I think it was like two weeks ago, maybe three weeks. And the administration won... A three to zero victory. Well, this one was back in June. Three to zero victory in Trump's attempt to restrict funding for family planning clinics that perform abortions. That decision came from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Prior to Donald Trump's presidency, there's no way that decision. Comes out Now, let me explain how this works so you have a better understanding. The way uh, the Court of Appeals work is, like I, like I said earlier, there's 16 Democrats and there's soon to be 13 Republican appointees. 
but the entire court doesn't listen to every case. They draw names at random. They draw three names at random. Those three judges are, you know, randomly assigned to hear a particular case. So in this case, the three to O victory saying that the Trump administration has the right, the constitutional right to restrict funding for family planning clinics that perform abortions. Prior to Trump, you wouldn't have got that. You may have had Republican appointees sitting on that panel. But they didn't understand the Constitution. They didn't understand the limitation of power that are placed on judges and governments. Now, Trump still has a year to go. And the speculation is that for the first time in decades, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals may finish Trump's presidency with either more Republican-appointed judges than Democrats or break even. And again, he's, he's looking outside the box. He's not taking the, the judges just because they're Republican. He's really looking and saying, look, do these judges get it? Do they understand that government isn't the end all? Do they understand that government is not the solution to our problems? And he's taking those judges and he's appointing them to the bench. And that's happening all over the country, right? That's not just the Ninth Circuit. That's the Fifth Circuit. It's the Second Circuit. It's the Third Circuit. It's the District Court of Appeals. This massive change in the judiciary is taking place. That's why you have people like Mayor Pete and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders. They're all out there. They're all out there beating the drum Well, no offense to Elizabeth Warren. I mean, it's not that kind of drum. But, you know, they're all out there screaming that, you know, we've got to change the Supreme Court. If I'm elected, you know, I think this is Bernie Sanders' plan, right? If I'm elected, we're going to have five uh, Democrats, five Republicans, and those ten judges are going to choose five more. Which begs the question, has Bernie Sanders ever read the Constitution? Because it doesn't allow for that in there. And I think it's Mayor Pete and Kamala Harris who are saying, you know what, we're just going to stack, we're just going to stuff the judiciary. We're going to stack it. Instead of having nine Supreme Court justices, let's have 19 and we'll appoint 10 more. Now think about this. That's mainstream. Those are your candidates running for president on the Democratic ticket. And they're throwing around these massive structural changes without, without a thought, without a care. It's so bad that Justice Ginsburg, right, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, who they, who they worship and idolize, she's come out now and said, you know what, this, all this talk about stacking the Supreme Court, it's not right. It's not going to take us to a good place. That's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But it hasn't stopped the Democrats from pushing and promoting these outrageous positions. And they do it, right, because they're playing the long game, just like Trump is. I think that the political cards are pointing to a Trump re-election, but who knows? You you don't know what's going to happen between today and, and two weeks from today. But I think Trump is going to be re-elected. 
But even if he's not, these judges that he's appointing, they will be on the bench for the next 20 years. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, they're going to be on the Supreme Court for 20 plus years. And the Democrats know it. Right? Remember, the Democrats were pushing these policies through Congress and they didn't care because they knew if it got in front of a judge, the judge was going to okay it. Now those same Democrats are petrified that they have built this royal Supreme Court, right? They've, they've, they've isolated the Supreme Court. They've, they've made the Supreme Court a legislative body. And now they're petrified that they've done it. So they've given up their, their legislative uh, powers. They've given up their legislative powers for what? Now they have a Supreme Court that, that may be maybe the most conservative Supreme Court uh, that we've ever had. That we've ever had, not just in my lifetime, but that we've had ever. And Trump still has a year to go. And if he's reelected, you are looking at, if I may uh, borrow a term, the fundamental transformation of the federal judiciary uh, to a more conservative and libertarian model than this country has ever had. You know, they've gotten rid of the blue slips, which gave these liberal senators, you know, the right to reject a presidential nominee. And, you know, kudos to Mitch McConnell. I'm not a big Mitch McConnell fan. Kudos to Mitch McConnell for saying, you know what, they want to get rid of it, get rid of it. The president has the right to appoint these appointees deserve an up or down vote. I will give that to them. So not only are we getting Republicans to the bench, we're getting conservatives to the bench. And that's a good thing right now. When we come back, AOC and Kamala Harris have joined forces to save the earth. It's the Wonder Twins. Powers activate. We'll have that nightmare of a story right after this break on the Loving Liberty Radio Network on K Talk, sixteen forty AM. And then I want to hear from you. We have people licking ice cream, tongue depressors, spitting in soda. What is happening and how do we make it stop? Wanna hear from you on that. Stay tuned to the Joe Carey Show. Stay tuned. Uh, when we uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover AOC and Kamala Harris and the, the hypocrisy of the left, but uh, we're also gonna talk about. There's a story. I, I'm actually in Philadelphia now, and there's a story that uh, a woman uh, alleged, and there's tape of it, but still alleged, alleged to have gone into a Walmart here in Pennsylvania and peed on the potatoes. And for me, that was, uh, you know, we have these kids walking, they're licking the tops of ice cream. They're going into, I don't know if you've seen this video, they're going into a doctor's office and they're taking out the tongue depressors. You know, the the doctors keep them all together in that jar and they're licking all the tongue depressors and putting them back in the jar. 
and then you know we we have the uh, the the woman walking into I, I guess it's a Walmart. She unscrews the Listerine and you know spits in it and puts the lid back on. Not to be outdone, now we have a woman walking into Walmart and uh, apparently allegedly peeing on the. Uh, potatoes. So we'll have that story uh, in the next segment coming up. But I wanted to talk about uh, AOC and Kamala Harris. You know AOC when she uh, stormed Washington, D.C., uh, the the brightest bar- barista in D.C. She's sitting in Congress and she says, you know, there's only 12 years left. There's only 12 years left and here's my plan to save it. And she was in such a rush that there were misspellings and grammatical errors and a whole bunch of things wrong with this. And she was mocked relentlessly. Interestingly, I don't think by Trump. So give him credit. He didn't pile on. But she was so embarrassed that she basically withdrew her own plan and said, well, you know what? You're not ready for this, meaning you and I. So she's been working away, her and Kamala Harris, they now have a new plan, they've announced it, and it's, it's called the new, new New Green Deal. The other one was the New Green Deal, this is the New New Green Deal, and it's not just about you know carbons and CO2, and it never was. Right? The Green Deal is never about saving the earth, it's about control. So this new plan, yeah, there's a part about replacing fossil fuels with renewable energies, but there's also a call for state-sponsored jobs. Oh, and universal health care works its way in there, an increased minimum wage. The amazing thing is the cost, the projected cost, is about $70,000 per family in the first year. And, of course, AOC and Kamala Harris, you know, they're criticizing those studies, saying, well, those studies really don't understand the benefits. You know, there's costs if we don't move forward. But the one thing we know is that AOC and Kamala Harris, like most Green Deal advocates, are hypocrites because they do nothing to curtail their own carbon footprint. If you truly believed, if you truly believed the earth was ending in 12 years, you would be doing everything you could to stop it. Just like AOC, if she truly believed we were running concentration camps on the border, what would she be doing? She would be at the border with news crews. And if the media believed there were concentration camps at the border, what would they be doing? They'd be at the border. You don't think the media would jump on that? Remember CBS over the weekend? They had a story. There's this huge photo. It's of a Mexican National Guardsman. And he has his M16. And it's shouldered. And across from him, like a, a foot away from him, is a mother and a child. Did you see this, Brian? Did you see this photo? So CBS is running this, fo- this article, this photo, and it says, you know, woman pleads with Mexican National Guardsmen to, you know, uh, allow her to cross the border into the United States. This is how desperate CBS and mainstream media is for a story, for an image. So, of course, you look at that story and what do you think? You think, wow, this guardsman isn't allowing this woman and her child to cross into the border. Because that's the way the caption is written and that's what that image is portraying. Well, when you read the actual story, 
When you get down to paragraph 504 in the story, do you know what the, you know what the, the story says? The Mexican National Guard is not permitted to impede anyone from crossing the border. And indeed, this guardsman was only encouraging the woman not to cross because it was too dangerous, but that it was her decision. What? That's not what the picture showed, and that's not what the caption under the picture led, led us to believe. And then the article goes on and says that the reporter, right, the person taking the photo and watching this unfold, that the woman and her child did proceed to the border. This is why nobody trusts the media. This is why nobody believes when AOC says only seven, uh, 12 years left. Because their actions, meaning that of the political elite and that of the media elite, it doesn't comport. If you believe there were concentration camps, you wouldn't leave the border. You'd be doing everything you can to shut them down. If you believe we only had 12 years left, you wouldn't be taking the train. You wouldn't be taking the plane. You know, I don't know how many of you have heard of the name Greta, I think it's Thunberg, Thunberg. She's a 16-year-old, I believe Swedish, a 16-year-old, I, I think Swedish activist. And she's petrified of global warming. The elites have made this 16-year-old afraid to walk out her front door. But right now, she's the idol du jour of the climate change elite. She's giving speeches in front of parliaments. She's been invited to the United Nations. And she talks about how the older generations are killing her future and the future of her peers through climate change. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of what she's saying, but I will give her credit for this. She was just invited to attend the United Nations Climate Summit in New York. Well, this presented a dilemma for Greta because Greta doesn't fly planes. Well, she doesn't fly planes, but she also doesn't take them anywhere. So she's like, you know, I, I'd love to go, but I don't take planes. They burn up too much CO2. Well, luckily, a, a wealthy individual said, you know what? Why don't you take my CO2-free sailboat across the ocean? And it's not just your typical sailboat, you know, on Gilligan's Island. This was like a legit, I forget who it was, like a, one of those sailing boat vessels where they, you know, High-tech, lots of money. So now she is going to take this sailboat and cross the ocean to attend this summit. And I was thinking to myself, wow, why isn't this story everywhere? Why aren't we reading this story in the New York Times or the Washington Post of this 16-year-old girl braving the sharks, the whales, the squids? And where is she? And then I thought, oh, I know why. Because it would embarrass the fakers. Right? How can you have Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle? They're always, you know, oh, he just announced I'm only going to have two kids because, you know, I want to keep my CO2 emissions down. His wife just took a private jet to attend a birthday party in New York from England. Yeah, but you're woke. Yeah, you're, you're virtue signaling. We get it. We get it. 
So the left can't idolize. They can't hold up this Greta because Greta is shaming then. Every time Leo DiCaprio gets on a jet to combat climate change, someone's going to say, hey, Leo, if Greta can do it, why can't you? They don't want to be held to that standard. They'll hold you to that standard. They'll hold me to that standard. They won't hold themselves. When we come back, I want to hear from you, 801-331-8113, 801-331-8113. Have we lost our collective minds? Keep your tongue in your mouth, not on ice cream or tongue depressors. We'll be back with those horrible stories right after this break. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. You know, there's a story in the news. It's from uh, my state of Pennsylvania, and it, it's just brought out all these other stories again. And uh, I'm sure that you've heard about them. It started with um, uh, someone presumably out there trying to get attention. She walks into, I believe it was a store in Texas. And, you know, you see her walking up into the ice cream section. She takes the top off uh, one of these uh, ice cream cartons, licks the top of it, puts the top back on, and walks away. Right? That's the price of fame today. Well, that inspired some other copycats. They've been doing it. Uh, it led to another video, this time of a mom. Think about that. Like the kid you get, uh, kids exercise bad judgment or poor judgment, right? This is the mom and the kid. They're in a doctor's office. They're waiting. And it shows, you know, mom and kid walking over to the tongue depressors, licking them and putting them back in the, the jar. And of course, you know, the doctor, he has to come out and say, look, we've had to disinfect. We threw away all the tongue depressors. Now, the good news is they had to replace them with cherry-flavored popsicle sticks. So there is an upside to the story. But so, you know, the doctor had to throw away all the tongue depressors. They've had to disinfect the office. Uh, The police were called. And then they showed people, you know, opening up soda or mouthwash and spitting in it and replacing the lid. And this is all like booby traps, right? They're booby traps for you and for me when we go into the store. Hey, surprise, somebody had their tongue all over the... The ice cream that so now whenever I order ice cream I just slice off the top it's like just right off the top and I won't drink soda from the uh, the top part and I just drink it from the bottom that'll show them oh wait there's spit still in the well anyway you understand what I'm saying so now I guess to top them all in a kind of uh, sad twist on Lord of the Rings, you know, one ring to rule them all, you know, one sick behavior to rule them all. We now have a woman walking into a Walmart and peeing all over the potatoes. Allegedly. Now this, I, I've seen a picture of the, I, I haven't seen the actual video of her 
fertilizing the potatoes. But I have seen the video of, of, you know, who the police want to question. It's a woman. She's exiting a Walmart. And they just have, you know, a still shot of her. You know what amazes me? You know, you know when they send those pictures back from Mars, Brian? Like, like the rover? And they look like pretty good, right? They're crystal clear or the Hubble Space you know, telescope sending pictures from nine light years away. And they're just these glorious high-res photos. But whenever it's of somebody the police want to talk to, it's like, you know, it looks like something out of Minecraft. Like all these boxes put together. Like, what? who is that? How, how is that possible? Yes, I have, a, uh, I have a relative that looks like a Minecraft character. That must be them. So they show this woman, and she's walking out of the store, and what, what really puzzles me is she's wearing tights, like black tights. So that got me thinking, well, she's wearing black tights. Like if I'm planning on going into a store and peeing all over potatoes, you've got to dress for the occasion, right? Like wouldn't you wear a skirt? And I guess this is the lawyer in me. I started thinking, well, then she probably didn't premeditate this pee. She probably just showed up and was like struck by the opportunity somehow. Because it didn't seem like she was dressed appropriately for it. But my question to the audience is this. What in the world is causing this increase in this crazy behavior? 801-331-81... Wait. Yeah, 801-331-8113, 801-331-8113. That's what happens when you're gone for two weeks. You forget the call-in number. What is causing this behavior? And have you changed? Have you changed how you buy food because of these stories? Now, there's another story out. Have you ever ordered delivery to your home? So you order pizza or you order, you know, a DoorDash, you know, or uh, Uber Eats, and they bring the food to you. 28% of delivery drivers have now admitted. Now, you know if it's 28% that are willing to admit it, you know it's higher than that, right? But 28% have admitted that when they deliver your food, they will nibble, nibble on it or eat it on their way to your home. How does that happen? It explained. I ordered a pizza and there was like one slice. I'm like, where'd that go? Like, it's just what? That... No, it's not that obvious. They probably take a few fries out. But have you changed your behavior? Have you changed how you eat or how you order because of these stories? And my other question to the audience is, what is causing this change in behavior? Like, have we always been this way? Have people always been licking the tops of ice creams and we just didn't know it because everybody didn't have a phone? Has everybody been licking the tongue depressors at the doctor's office, but we just never knew because we didn't have the phone to capture or people were just smarter and they didn't post it on the Internet? I don't think so. I think it's new. Now, I think that we're seeing an increase in this behavior because of social media, because the phones are there, and people want the fame. Now, I've talked about this app before because I think this app drives a lot of it, this TikTok app. 
You know, and, and there's a status called being TikTok famous where, you know, you're not a celebrity anywhere, but you're famous on TikTok. And I think a lot of this behavior is driven by that mentality. Remember when everybody was eating Tide Pods? Remember that? Like, oh, I, yeah, someone was eating a Tide Pod and we thought the country was collapsing because we had college kids. That started on TikTok. Because people wanted to be TikTok famous. And we see this incredibly bizarre behavior because people just want to be TikTok famous. You know, there's something making the ramp. I don't know if you saw this or not, but you go into McDonald's and, you know, in that rare case, you find that McDonald's where the uh, custard machine is actually working. That when you order your food, if you order a custard, instead of taking it by the base, by the cone, you take it by the top. Have you seen this? And again, that started on TikTok. Like, wouldn't it be funny if you ordered a custard ice cream and instead of taking it by the the base, let's take it by the top. Where does this start from? What causes this behavior? I think it all started with Ray, who who just serendipitously happened to call. Ray, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, it's not my fault. I'll take the blame, Joe. (laughs) Can you hear me? I can. I can. Where are you calling from? I'm home sitting in my easy chair right now. I'm not retired yet, but I'm working on it. Oh, good for you. Good for you. What do you have for us today? Well, you know, I think it goes deeper. And, and what, I, what I'm saying is, you know, today all the success literature, it's, it's how to, how, uh, situational ethics. You know, there's no absolutes. You know, um, how to manipulate people to get what you want. In the 1800, it was about character. You know, integrity, loyal, honesty. I mean, they took the Ten Commandments out of school. I mean, we can't even put up, thou shalt not kill. I guess killing is now legal in this country. I mean, it, it goes deeper. It's, it's all about character, you know, the Judeo-Christian values. People were taught, you know, even the Boy Scouts, the motto, you know, look what happened to the Boy Scouts. Um, you know, we're a wishy-washy society now. We don't have character anymore. We don't value character anymore. It's situational ethics. Now, Ray, I I agree 100% with what you're saying, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But let me ask you this. Have you seen these videos of people licking the tops of ice cream and, you know, putting their tongues on tongue depressors and putting them back in the doctor office jar? Have you seen those videos? No, but uh, I believe it. You know, I I, I went to school. I was around teenagers. I was a teenager. You know, I I don't believe that. No, I, I refuse to believe that. Hey, Ray, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Hey, we're right up against the hard break. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk, 1640 AM and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. We're going to talk about what Ray called out. We are a changing society and an app that counts if that counts as if you've gone to church. We'll have that story and more right after this break.
Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in, for listening. Our call in number 801-331-8113. You can listen to us coast to coast on the Loving Liberty Radio app. If you just go to lovingliberty.net, you can download the app and you can listen to all the shows. So starting with Brian in the morning from 7 to 9, C.L. Bryant, uh, Kate Daly, Ammon Bundy, Larry, I mean, just a whole bunch of great uh, radio talent uh, right there available on the app, live programming from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and then you can access the podcast anytime from anywhere and listen to the shows that you've missed or the ones that you want to hear again. So please visit LovingLiberty.net and download the app. I want to uh, talk about, and Ray hinted on this, you know, we're seeing all this just bizarre behavior, and I'm grateful that it's not Well, it is kind of gross, but it's not violent. But it's still gross behavior, and we're seeing an increase in that. We're seeing an increase in violent behavior as well. And it begs the question, what's causing this? What's happened to us? And it's not just the kids. Now, uh, there, there was a story reported by Fox News and the Wall Street Journal. There are wealthy families who are giving up They're transferring a legal guardianship to relatives and friends of their children. Why would they do that? Is there a divorce? No, no divorce. Happily married couples. But they're giving up guardianship to their teens, to friends and relatives, so that when the children apply for student aid, the parent's income doesn't count. There's one story that was highlighted from Illinois uh, the household income of the parents was greater than $250,000 a year. So greater than a quarter million dollars a year. The woman said that she and her husband have spent about $600,000 putting their older children through college. Their home is valued at $1.2 million. So when it came to their youngest daughter, they transferred legal guardianship to a friend. The mom said it was just a matter of paperwork. Wow, was that all it takes? Daggone it. I wish somebody would. Just a matter of paperwork? That's it? It was largely a matter of paperwork, the mother said. She and her husband and her daughter didn't even need to show up. The friend was appointed guardian. When the friend was appointed guardian, the teen who was going to college and applying for financial aid only had to claim $4,200 in income she had earned through her summer job, not the $250,000 income that was brought into the marital household. Today, her daughter attends a private college on the West Coast, which costs $65,000 in tuition. The daughter received a merit scholarship of $27,000 and an additional $20,000 in need-based federal Pell Grant funding, which she won't have to pay back. All of it legal. Think about that. Do you, do you look at this with scorn at the parents and say, how could you do that? How could you take advantage of the system? Or do you look at the parents and say, holy crap, they're smart. I wish I would have figured that out. Or 
Or do you look at the educational system and say, hey, we've brought that on ourselves by allowing these colleges to charge $65,000 a year? I think there's enough blame to pass around to everybody. But I think we should focus on solutions, not blame, right? Maybe that's, maybe that's where we should be focused on. See, I think we're seeing these changes taking place in society. I think we're seeing changes taking place, not for the better, but for the worse, because we don't improve ourselves anymore. We don't focus on making ourselves, you know, I forget who said it, but they said, you know, be yourself, but always be your better self. I think it was Carl G. Mazur. There's a lot of truth to that, right? Because we always hear people saying, well, I need to be me. I've got to sing my song. And I think that's good, and I think we should. But you know what? Be your better self. And we've talked about this before, how George Washington was at the 101 Rules of Civility. He worked on improving himself. You know, one of his rules, they were simple rules. You know, one rule was just, you know, when a woman enters the room, stand. That seems simple enough. Can you imagine if you, if, if you impose that rule on yourself today, you would have women saying, hey, why are you standing for me and not for him? Well, frankly, he's not as pretty or sexy. And then, and then you know, the whole lawsuit thing starts. You, you get it. It just, it wouldn't end well. But the point is that Washington tried to improve himself every day. Ben Franklin carried around that, that little chart, right? That little X, XY chart of the 13 virtues. And he would say, every week I'm going to focus on one of these virtues. I'm going to try to live this virtue perfectly. At the end of his life, do you know what he said? He said, I don't think there was ever a week where I actually lived any particular virtue perfectly. But I'm a better man for having tried. Do we do that anymore? Do we, do we look at the mirror and say, how do I improve me? Or do we look around and say, oh, that person could be doing that better. Why is she doing that? Or, you know, why are the politicians? That's why I think it's a sucker's bet to look at D.C. and say, hey, that cast of clowns, that's our future. Those are our leaders. They're not. They're our representatives. Truly, they represent us. And I don't mean in the elected sense. I mean, the more crass we are, we get crassness out of Washington. AOC wasn't born in the swamp. She was born in the streets with us. Does that make sense? So if we want to change what's happening in Washington, it starts with us. It starts with the decisions we make. It starts with the people that we are. Now, we talked about this app now. Oh, you're too busy to go to church? It's okay. There's an app for that. You go, you log into the app, and it says, okay, this is what your Sunday protocol is. Read this scripture, say these prayers, and that's the time we're spending on self-improvement? Right? Isn't that what church in a large part is? At least I hope it is. I try to make that, right? Leave, leave church a better person than when I walked in.
So it's not just the kids, right? It's not just that younger generation because it's easy to point them out and say, hey, it's you or it's this or it's that. It's me. It's you. We've got to change. We have to be different because Washington, D.C. will not change for the better unless we change because they're a representative government. They're representative truly of you and me and who we are. And if we aren't better, we'll never get it out of Washington, D.C. We saw it with this shooting in California, right? The left, all the people running for president immediately calling for gun control. We don't know what motivated the shooter. We didn't know what happened, but we already have people saying guns are bad. Take the guns away. Baltimore, same thing. Let's focus on solutions instead of like attacking each other and scoring political points and running up the scoreboard. Can't we just say, what are the solutions here? How do we fix this? How do we make people better? That's the solution. The only one that's really going to make a long-term change. You know, let me just close with this. I only have a minute left. But, you know, Chick-fil-A, their stores are closed on Sunday. There was a study that was done. And that study said, you know, if Chick-fil-A kept their stores open on Sunday, how much more do you think the brand would make in a year? A billion dollars more a year. You know what Chick-fil-A's response was? We're more successful because we're true to ourselves and keeping the stores closed on Sunday. Remember, there's only two things you need to do. Take the time to get right with God. In a world that's full of anxiety and hate, just take the time to be kind. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned. Larry Reed, up next. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.